don't know if it just has been me as a parent or maybe you've experienced this maybe once or twice. Maybe it's just my kids. I've asked them to do something and they didn't do it. But when you look at it from their perspective, you know, I mean, they said, Dad, I mean, you, you asked us about that, but we just forgot, you know? I mean, I mean, we just, we forgot. We forgot you said it. Or sometimes it's, oh, you know, we got busy doing this, and, and we either forgot or we just didn't get to it. We were distracted. We were over here. And then sometimes when you look at your kids and they didn't do something that you've asked them to do, you know it's just an act of defiance. It's beyond distraction and forgetfulness. It comes to the place of, of the, the battle of the wills. You've asked me, and I have said no. Or maybe you have told me, commanded me, and I have said no. But what about our spiritual lives? What about the things that God has told us? What about the commands that he has placed in our lives? What about the will that he has for us? Well, if I'm going to please God, it has to be more than just knowing what God has said. There needs to be some doing of what God has said. As James said, we are not just to be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And that's exactly what Paul prays for the church at Colossae in Colossians chapter 1. So take your Bibles this morning and turn me to Colossians chapter 1. And we're going to pick up again in verse number 9, but we're going to focus more on verse number 10 and into verse number 11 today. Colossians 1, 9. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, Do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And then that next word in verse number 11 is strengthened with all might. With that, let's pray. God, thank you for the truth of your word, and may it just settle in our hearts today. May it bring encouragement. May it bring conviction. May we hear your words as uh, and have hearts like good soil today, that we would go forth and bear fruit for the gospel. In your name we pray. Amen. In Colossians chapter 1, verse number 9, Paul begins to pray for this church. He has heard about this church, but has never been there. And now he begins his prayer. And the first thing that he prays is that they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So first off, Paul prays that these believers would know God's will. God wants us to know his will. We looked at some verses that show us specifically what God's will is. And when we look at God's will, generally, we know that all of Scripture is God's will. 
But the Bible tells us that God desires for all men to be saved. In 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants us to be saved, and we could go right on down the line. God wants us to be filled with the Spirit, Ephesians 5, 17 and 18, and sanctified in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 3. And God uh, wants us to, to come to this place where we are submissive to the government authorities around us and that we uh, sometimes experience suffering as God's will. In 1 Peter 4, 19, it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. And then we find that 1 Thessalonians 5 tells us that we are to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So God shows us his will. His will is unfolded for us in Scripture. But then Paul begins to to take this next step in prayer. Not only praying that these believers would know God's will, but then that they would walk in God's will, that they would walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him in every good work. So he's saying here, as he prays for them, and Paul believes in the power of prayer, his prayer for them is, God, may they know your will, and then then may they do your will. It's, It's a matter of knowing and doing, not just knowing. It's not good enough for our kids just to know that we've asked them to clean their room, take out the trash, uh, pull the clothes out of the dryer, those kinds of things. It's not good enough just for them to know that. We're expecting them to do. And so God here, uh, as, as he unfolds the truth of Scripture, and Paul, as he prays for these believers, prays that they will know God's will, then that they will do God's will, because when we do God's will and walk worthy of the Lord, we will please him. We will be fully pleasing. Now, he's writing to believers. He's not writing to unbelievers with this sentiment of, if you do enough good things, then you're going to please God. That's not the picture at all. The picture is, is that these folks have come to know Jesus as their Savior. They, they are believers. They have entered into the family of God. They have expressed their faith. And now Paul says, do you want to do something that makes a difference? Walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. The word worthy here gives the picture of weight. Walk in a weighty manner like Jesus did. Have you ever had people in your life who speak into your life and you think, yeah, I don't give them a lot of weight. That means I don't value their opinion, you know? That, that's not someone that, that's out there that I really treasure their opinion. But someone speaks into your life who knows and loves you and is wise, and you think, man, that does carry a lot of weight. The picture is, is that the weight of our life as believers should carry, now listen, should carry the same weight that Jesus' life carried when he was on the earth. What a challenge we have to live up to. So he tells us that we're to know God's will, or he prays that they would know God's will, that they would do God's will, and then they would be fully pleasing to God. But what happens when we do God's will? What happens when I make that decision that says, look, I I know it's against the culture, I I know it's against even many in my own community, but I am going to take God's word and I am going to walk in it. What's going to happen in my life, 
And what are people going to see in my life? Well, that's what we see as we unpack verse number 10. I think Paul gives us three results of us walking worthy of the Lord, or not just knowing God's will, but doing God's will. Now, notice with me in verse number 10. Paul says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. And then notice what he says, being fruitful in every good work. As I do God's, as I do God's will, and I walk in his way, I will bear spiritual fruit. That's the first result. That, that's our, that's our, that, that first emphasis. That if I'm going to walk in God's will, after knowing God's will, then I'm going to bear spiritual fruit. Bearing spiritual fruit in every good work. Now, in the Bible, there, there's lots of different pictures of fruit. But this is what we know. That as believers, as we are attached to the Lord, as we are connected to the Lord, then we are going to bring forth from the inside out a spiritual result that is going to look like fruit that comes out of our life for the blessing of others. Jesus put it this way in John fifteen five: I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me bears much fruit, for without me, you can do nothing. Now, as a, a grapevine is attached to the branch, and it's receiving sustenance from that branch, and nutrients from that branch, then that, uh, from that vine, then that branch is going to bear fruit. The picture is, is that as I abide in Christ, as I am connected and remain in Christ, that just like that vine coming off the branch, I am going to bear spiritual fruit. Now, there are different types of spiritual fruit mentioned in Scripture. Let's walk through them quickly. First off, there is the fruit of good works. There's the spiritual fruit of good works. Notice what he says in Colossians 1.10, that we would bear fruit in every good work. Did you know that God has designed for you specific works that he desires for you to accomplish while you are here on the earth? I'm not making this stuff up. This is really true. This is really true that I believe that God has good works for you to accomplish. If you write in your margin or you look over to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10, after telling us, for by grace we're saved through faith, that it's not of ourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Then he says, for you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Now listen what it says, which God has before ordained that you should walk in them. That means that God had this plan, that he has works for us to do while we are here on the earth to make a difference in the lives of others. And so Paul, as he prays for the church at Colossae, says, Lord, would you help them to walk and bear fruit as they do good works? Acts chapter 10 and verse number 38, it says that Jesus went about doing good. Can I tell you, our call is to do good. Our call is to do good works and bless those that are around us. Good works. But not only are we to be showing the fruit of good works, but secondly, we should be showing the fruit of Christ-like character. In Galatians 5.16, it tells us to walk in the Spirit and we will not fulfill or the lust of the flesh. And then in Galatians 5.22, it tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness, and self-control. These are not... These are not attributes that we can pull up our bootstraps and say, man, I'm going to really live this out today. The picture is, is that as the vine is attached to the branch, the branch begins to work in the life of the vine so that this is a supernatural experience of the Holy Spirit working through me to show love beyond what I humanly possess, to show joy even amid the trials of life to exemplify peace when it looks like everything is falling apart because it's not built on the circumstances on the outside moving on the inside of my life. The fruit of the Spirit is me attached to the Lord and the Lord working on the inside of my life to give me love, joy, peace, and patience during the trials of my life. Do you realize that, that all of us are going to face challenges? All of us are going to face trials. All of us are going to walk through difficulty. And as we do, God says, look, I'm not just going to leave you out there with some commands to love one another, to rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to do something. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life so that through the Holy Spirit working in you, you can show love. You can exemplify joy. You can experience peace. You can show patience. That's the picture. But it's not us. It's the Holy Spirit working in us. There's the fruit of good works. There's the fruit of Christ-like character. Thirdly, there's the fruit of praise. Hebrews 13, 15 says that we are to continually offer the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, the fruit of our lips. In other words, the picture of worship is not just something I feel on the inside. It comes out like fruit in, in words of praise and thanksgiving and, and prayer and rejoicing. It comes out of my life. So that praise is not just something I feel on the inside. It's something I express on the outside. It's one thing to feel grateful. It's another thing to express gratitude. It's one thing to feel, to feel close to God. It's another thing to verbally lift our praise to him. And you know what? Some of the greatest hymns and songs of faith and words of praise have been shared during the most trying and difficult times in anyone's life. Think about that. Fanny Crosby, because of a charlatan doctor who put drops in her eyes, went blind when she was a small child. And Yet she would write, to God be the glory, great things he has done. She would write the song that we finished with last week, all the way my Savior leads me. What have I to ask beside? I think of Horatio Spafford, who sent his wife and his four daughters across the Atlantic to to go on a vacation. He was going to meet up with them, and there was a disaster at sea, and his four daughters all died. And he wrote... It is well, it is well with my soul. I think of Thomas Dorsey, not Tommy Dorsey, the old jazz band guy, but Thomas Dorsey. Thomas Dorsey, who after his wife died in childbirth and then the baby died as well, wrote the the hymn, Precious Lord, Take My Hand. The picture is, is that even during times of struggle and strife and trial and tragedy, as believers connected to the Lord in our life, we can emanate with a voice of praise. That's the picture. That's what makes us different. It's not us, the flesh and bone of us. 
It's us as believers tapped into the work and power of the Holy Spirit. And may I just say in our day today, it is very easy to complain. It is very easy to grumble. Some of you are not liking the political climate. Some of you uh, are are concerned about the, the financial uh, future. And uh, if any of you own GameStop uh, stock, you know, I mean, you know, it, isn't it crazy just how things can change? It's easy for us to complain. And yet, the Lord says, one of the... F- the fruits of your life that I want to see? Praise. Not only is there good words and Christ-like character and praise, but fourthly, there's generosity. In Romans 15, 25 through 28, Paul talks about the fruit of giving. But if you're in Colossians chapter 1, he mentions this in the preceding chapter. Notice in uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 17. Paul has just received a gift from the church at, at Philippi, and he says in, in verse 17, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. What's he saying? That your, your giving is the result of God working in you and God producing a fruit, and so you gave with generosity to support the work of missions. As I think of our church, we, we see this, this fruit coming forth of, of generosity. But listen, the, the picture is, is that God is generous. And so that as we're attached to God, there, there's this correlation that says that we are to be like Him and we should show this same generosity. That God so loved the world that He gave. And so the picture is, is that we're challenged in our life to be people who give. Now we all know people in, in life who are all about taking and wanting, and greed, and never satisfied, and they're always discontented. And the picture is, is that for us as believers, God says, look, I want to see the fruit of generosity to support your your church, to support missions, to support those in need, to share with others that no one else may even know about, or see, or hear about. It's just part of who we are as believers. Then there's the fruit of sharing Christ. The fruit of sharing Christ in John chapter 4, verses 32 through 36, Jesus makes mention of this. And he talks about those who gather fruit for eternal life in John 4, 36. Gather fruit for eternal life gives the picture that they have shared Christ. And now they're seeing the fruit of people coming to know Jesus as their savior. Now, we know that sometimes it involves us working on somebody and maybe just plowing up some some difficult ground, and sometimes we sow seeds, and sometimes we water what what someone else has, has already planted in the gospel. But the picture is, is that when we get to see people come to know Christ, we're experiencing the fruit of someone else's labor. Whether they left a Bible in a hotel room or they heard the, the message of Christ across the table at lunch or they were invited to church to hear how Jesus can forgive and Jesus can wipe our slate clean and Jesus can give us a new life. The picture is, is there's always labor involved when someone comes to know Jesus as their savior. This is fruit. This is the picture of, of bearing spiritual fruit in our life. 
But not only as we walk in God's will, not just knowing, but as I walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him in every good work, it tells us that we're not only going to bear spiritual fruit, but it also tells us in that verse, number 10, that we'll be increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, I will not only bear spiritual fruit, so I will grow in the knowledge of God as I walk in his will. As I say, Lord, I'm going to follow you today. The picture is, is I'm going to increase in the knowledge. I'm going to grow in the knowledge of God. See, it's one thing to know some facts about somebody. It's another thing to walk with that person and to walk and to, to get to, to sense that working of the Holy Spirit in our life as we walk with the Lord. But let's just think about relationships in general. I could tell you there's a, there's a woman in our church. She's married to Pastor Buddy. She has brown, long brown hair, and she has brown eyes. And she's a mom to four boys, and she's an extrovert, and she is organized. I, I could tell you some facts about my wife. But that really doesn't help you to know her. And over the last almost 28 years of, of marriage and, and, and dating before that, to be able to, to walk with her through the challenges and struggles and the decisions and the joys and the hurts and the pains, that's knowing someone. That's getting to experience them as we walk together. Amos asked the question, can two walk together unless they're agreed the picture is, is that we need to agree with God. And as we walk with him, we're not going to just grow in the, the quantity of knowledge. Yeah, God is good. God is great. God is holy. God is just. But we're going to get to know God. That's the picture. See, before Genesis chapter 22, Abraham knew that God was his provider. Abraham was very wealthy. Very wealthy. God had given him a lot. Now, remember, he had taken steps on faith and was walking with God. But then in Genesis 22, Jerry made mention of this last week, that God asked Abraham to offer his son as a sacrifice. And there, when he's ready to sacrifice his son, God provides a ram in the thicket. And there, Abraham pro proclaims God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who's the provider. It's one thing to know, yeah, man, God's taking care of me. It's another thing to say, I know Jehovah Jireh, the God who specifically, individually, carefully meets my individual needs as I walk in his will. See, it's growing in our knowledge of God, not just our knowledge, our head knowledge, but it's the closeness of who he is. It's the sensing and the working of his spirit, growing in the knowledge of God. Then if we notice into verse number 11, he gives us that third result that happens. I'm not only going to bear fruit in every good work. I'm not only going to grow in the knowledge of God, but I'm going to be strengthened with uh, all might according to his glorious power. I'm going to be strengthened 
the, the picture is, is I will grow strong in the Lord. Notice with me, and again, we didn't read this verse, all of it, but, but notice with me. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. So here's Paul's prayer. God, may they know your will. God, may they do your will. And God, as they know your will, and as they do your will, may they experience your mighty power. God, may they be strengthened with all might according to your glorious power. God, would you allow them to tap into what Romans 8, 11 says, the same power of the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And there in Romans 8, 11, he says, the same Spirit who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. We have access to power. And as we stay attached to him, we're going to bear fruit. We're going to grow, but we're going to experience his strength. That's the picture here. Now, I don't know about you, but but physically, you know, my strength has some pretty minimal limitations. So when it comes to my life and living out a spiritual life and bearing the fruit of the Spirit and doing good works, when it comes to growing closer to God, I can't just rely on my own human strength. I need His strength. So, so notice with me that we'll be strengthened with all might according to His Glorious power. And then notice what it says. For all patience and long-suffering. Those two last words are very interesting. As, as he points out in that last word where he says, uh, and, and we think of, of this word patience, it's sometimes different. He says, for all patience. That, that is a, a, a picture uh, different from the, the other word where he says patience and, and long-suffering with joy. The first word, patience, gives the, the picture of endurance to face trials. Endurance to face trials in our life. God, that I would have the strength and the patience, the endurance, as I face the challenges and, str- and trials and struggles in my life. God, would you work in me when life is hard, when, when I'm being pulled in a lot of different directions, Lord, when, when there's lots of, uh, of different things going on. Lord, when, when a lot of things seem to be falling apart at the same time. Lord, when I'm being stretched thin and I'm about out of strength. Strength to endure trials. When we went last week to take Luke and Melanie to seminary, we stayed in a hotel the first night, Wednesday night. We unpacked the, uh, up the boxes from the moving truck and we put everything into the apartment. Got a couple things out, but, you know, you could, you can't find anything that you want at that time. And, you know, the shower curtain's not up yet. So we all stayed in an apartment or in a hotel that night. And so I jumped in and, and first took my shower. And when I'm taking my shower, it's like, dude, as I'm drying off, this towel is not only drying me, but it is exfoliating me. So, I mean, have you ever been somewhere where the towel is like, how many, how many of you remember a clothesline, you know, and you used to put your towels out on the clothesline and those things, you I can't use that illustration next hour, so I, I hope you appreciate the humor in that, all right? They don't even know what a clothesline is, all right? So, but when I was a child and we'd put clothes out of the clothesline and they'd get all stiff. Well, man, this towel was like, 
dude, this thing is rough. And so I, uh, I got out of the shower and I said, I don't know. Somebody forgot to put the downy in. All right. So anyway, hey, there are, there are issues and challenges in our life that are going to rub us the wrong way. Yeah. We're, we're going to face difficulties in life. No one, no one has an easy ride. No one gets a free pass, even though they know Jesus in their life. We as believers still face all of the trauma and tumult of living in a fallen world just like everyone else. We just have someone on the inside who gives us the strength and who holds our hand and is in our heart as we walk through the process. But we all face trials. There are a lot of things that are going to to rub us wrong. And the Bible gives the picture that God is going to give us strength according to his glorious might for all patience, for all perseverance, for all endurance as we face these challenges in life. But when we think of things that might rub us the wrong way, sometimes we think of people in our life. And that's the second word here, for all patience and long-suffering. This is strength to exhibit patience with the trying people in our life. So that one of these words is related to trials and situations, and the other one is related to dealing with people issues, challenges of of people that come into our life. And some of you, like that that rough towel from the, the hotel, know some people that rub you the wrong way. And if you don't know any people who might rub you the wrong way, you might just be the one doing the rubbing, okay? So, so uh, understand that, that uh, we all have, have people that, that maybe it's a little idiosyncrasy or maybe it's just a, a sense of defiance or blatant dislike towards you. We all deal with that in our life as well. And so Paul gives us the picture that God is not only going to give us the strength to deal with the trying situations of our life, but God's going to give us strength to deal with the turkeys that are in our life, okay? See, if, if he would have just left this, that God gives us strength to face the trials, then, then you might be able to say, well, you don't know the person I work with. You don't know the person down the road from me. You don't know, you know, my weird uncle or, you know, my crazy aunt. So the picture is, is that Paul covers everything here. He says, you're going to face trying circumstances. You're going to face trying people. And as you face these trials in life, that God's strength is going to be sufficient. That's good. So that when I say, Lord, God, I, I know what your, your word says. Or maybe I know how your spirit is leading me. And Lord, I'm, I'm choosing today to walk in your will. I don't ever have to fear not having enough strength for that next step. Because the Lord says, I'm going to be strengthened to endure the trials. And I'm going to have strength to endure the critics, the difficult people in my life. And, and so one of the ways that God works in us is sometimes he does use difficult people that rub us the wrong way so that we can't rely on our own human strength 
and human merit. Instead, we have to tap in like the vine connected to the branch. We have to tap into the power of his spirit. We have to know the working of the spirit who raised Christ from the dead will give me the strength to walk through the challenges of the trying person in the cubicle next to me or the curmudgeon down the road and that I can make it. Paul prays, God, would you let these people know your will? And God, would you let these these believers in Colossae walk in your will? Worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing you, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might for all long, with all long suffering and patience. That's Paul's prayer. And I would say, as I've walked through this week, that's my prayer for me. And for us, that we would not just know God's will, but we would take this, those three little words that we see on the Nike commercial that says, just do it. And that we would do it. And as we go after God's will, fruit Knowledge, strength will show up in our life through the working of God's Spirit. Do you know that you know Jesus today? Are you walking in his will today? That's really the question that needs to be answered. A lot of us know a lot of things. But are we walking worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him?